Welcome to the Authentic Leadership Podcast, a five-part series from the Reuters Institute. My name is Rama Sharma, and I'm a journalist, consultant, and executive coach. This podcast series is inspired by a quest I started some years ago whilst on a fellowship. I was a senior editor at the BBC at the time. I wanted to explore the idea of authenticity and leadership and whether or not it's possible for so-called minorities of any kind to be themselves and succeed in the workplace. Now, the answers I gathered from leaders and research to this question have been fascinating and complex. In this series, I'd like to share what I've learned, share some of those outstanding questions that are still in my mind and explore them with some brilliant media leaders from the global south who have their own inspiring stories to tell as well. Today we're speaking to Yvette Demiri, the head of Growth Steers Insights in Nigeria. Prior to this, Yvette led digital transformation as one of the youngest leaders at Business Day. Yvette was born and raised in Nigeria and headed to the US to study political science in her early 20s. After graduating, she made the conscious decision to return to Africa and settle back there. Yvette, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so I wanted to start with uh, the question, the theme of the podcast, if you will. If I asked you, what does authenticity mean to you? What would you say? I would say it's it's actually a word I think a lot about. And um, there are a couple of different definitions, I guess, I'm interested in. Um, the first one is, I think it's from Brene Brown. Um, so something about, she said something around um, just the daily practice of letting go of who you think you're supposed to be and becoming or embracing who you are, right? And I like that because it really is, I like the daily practice bit um, because it really is like a daily choice, a very a very sort of action-oriented um, word for me in my life. Um, I also think of the word courage as being pretty close to authenticity um, in the sense that just looking at the root of the word courage, which is, you know, heart. Um, so what is it? What's in your heart, right? And your ability to live that out. Um, yeah, those, those are, that's kind of how I think about it. I, I really think it's a, it's, a, it's a journey. It's been a journey for me. I expect it to, <laughs> to continue being a journey. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and, and I think you've embodied that quite early because I remember when we, we first spoke about um, this question and you mentioned that, you know, when you came back from university, actually there was an act of courage to leave your family business and join Business Day. Tell us a little, little bit about that. Yeah, so this is why I think that Brene Brown's definition really rings true to me. So just like letting go of who you think you're supposed to be or who you think other people think you're supposed to be. Um, I I am, you know, very you know close to my family. I feel lucky in that sense. Um, and so I made a conscious choice to move back to Nigeria after my university studies. Um, and I thought the, the road ahead was, you know, family business, work with my dad and carry on the legacy from there. Um, but I think the it, it became very clear to me um, through the things that gave me joy and also how I felt, you know, in my in my family business, how I felt every day working there, 
it became clear to me where I was supposed to be, like where my where my heart wanted to be at the very least. Um, and so, you know, I think it took me about maybe three to six months to figure out how to say it to him. Um, not because he wasn't going to be, you know, he wasn't going to be supportive, but just I also wanted to make sure and I wanted to clearly communicate my choice and why. Um, and so that that was a really important act of courage um, just because also where I chose to go, which is media, which is where I am now, I really had no experience. I had no proof that it would work out, um, but it's it was such an important move in my life and, and in retrospect, I'm glad I did it. And then you got to business day and that was an extraordinary experience, wasn't it? Tell us a little bit about both the challenges and the uh, opportunities you had there. Yeah, business day was such a formative experience. I came in at a really important time in the business's history. Um, they had already begun the digital transformation journey when I got there. Um, I, I came in, I, I, I kind of inherited a team um, that was tasked with completing this mission. Um, and it was really, really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. I had never worked in a newsroom, so obviously that dynamic was was interesting and fascinating and energizing and all, and all those good words. Um, and also, um, I think my own identity was also something, there was, there, there was something about my identity in that newsroom that was always an interesting dynamic. Like I, I've, I've lived in Nigeria for maybe, when I started, maybe like just a few years throughout my entire life. Um, and all of a sudden I was with, you know, all of these Nigerians and like, who are you? Are you Nigerian enough? So that was all, always an interesting dynamic for me there. Being a woman was another interesting dynamic um, that I had to contend with on a daily basis, um, as well as being young and one of actually the youngest leader um, in, in you know, the boardroom or the, the, the management, the management setting at any given point in time. So lots of different dynamics um, and on top of all of that, a very challenging um, task in and of itself to get done. Um, and so, the, you know, there are a whole bunch of stories we could get into. But when I think about it, um, I would definitely say that obviously the good outweighs the bad um, in terms of like experiences that I had there. Challenging nonetheless, but yeah, um, very formative. So let's talk about those experiences. We'll come to the good for sure. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about those challenges. I mean, when did it become obvious, you know, there was some there was some resistance because of, say, your age or, or your gender? Yeah, there there are a couple of different moments I can I could point to. So, you know, I think one example we were trying to get so I, I had, you know, done a, a study tour. Let's let's start. I had done a study tour, went to Oslo and Stockholm and all these different newsrooms um, across Europe that were also, you know, probably actually at the tail end of their own digital transformation journey. So I went to just meet with the, the newsroom leaders and talk about how they, they did it. And it became very clear to me that um, there was one immediate change I wanted to make. And that was actually the physical proximity of the newsroom and what was then the digital services team at Business Day. We were literally, uh, we were very far apart. It was a big um, office building. And we're very far apart. And back then, you know, pre-COVID, there, there were a lot of studies that showed that you couldn't, you usually don't talk to people who are more than like 50 plus meters away from you in your, in your own office. 
So, um, and communication was a really key part of, of that journey. So I said, everybody's going to move to the newsroom. Um, and with that, the second order effect of that was like, people would be displaced, so to speak. Some people would have to give up their seats. And so when, when the, when the, um, recommendation was made, um, I started to hear remarks, right? Um, comments like, oh, um, you, you, who, who are you? Who are you anyway? You're so-and-so's girlfriend. Um, just like a, a leader's girlfriend, or maybe I just showed up there by virtue of my relationship to, to that person. Obviously false. I started to hear, uh, I've been working longer than you've been alive. I, you know, just comments that were really targeted at belittling the recommendation and not, not really actually engaging with the, at least the intellectual part of, of what I was trying to accomplish. Um, so yeah, that I knew that it would be an uphill climb. Um, there was also an interesting moment in, in the cafeteria when I, um, yeah, I sat down, somebody, somebody else was there, another woman, and she, she was just asking me if I was married and I said, no, I wasn't. Um, and then she just got up and left. <laughs> it was a very bizarre moment. But I, I started to realize, okay, uh, you know, there are going to be some cultural hills to climb, so to speak. Yeah, and, and these feel like quite personal attacks as well. It's not really attacking, as you say, the, the professional message. Yeah, yeah. But I think those are, you know, if I'm playing sort of devil's advocate, that's how you you crush someone's spirit, right? Um, there are things in all of our lives that are like, Somebody put it to me, he used the example of Velcro, you know, the material like that you, that sticks to. So if, if there are some like thorny bits in your life, um, that are open for people to attack, um, there's always the opportunity for that Velcro to, to stick, right? Um, and, and how you handle that is, is really important. So tell us, how did you handle that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean. Is obviously a combination of of talking to people and and reading things, etc. But at some point, I remember it became clear to me that none of it was actually about me, um, and that was a really liberating moment for me. Um, and I think it's, I hope, I think it's actually true um, for anybody who's going through something similar. None of it is actually about you or what you're trying to accomplish. It's almost always about the fear in the other person and what's going on in their mind and the meaning they're attributing to what you're trying to do, what it means for them. Um, and so being able to really dig into that, having that imagination and that empathy about what could it be that this person is resisting, that those are much more useful questions to ask than why me? Why would you say this? What did I do to you? <laughs> you know, which is like my, at least there was, those were my initial, initial questions. Um, so I was really liberated by, by that revelation, so to speak, um, to have, then I began to have conversations with my colleagues. Um, many of them had been journalists for decades, um, and really began to dig into what their fears were and, and those were very important conversations for my leadership journey. I think what you say is really, really powerful because it's a, it's, it's like you say, it's a, a quite a desperate attempt to try to undermine you and your work. Um, and at the same time, there's a part of you that 
will feel, well, that's quite unfair that you're saying that, actually, that you're bringing up my age or you're bringing up my gender, you're behaving in this way because I'm not married. You know, how, how did you sort of, did, did those two things sort of come into your mind? Like, right, I can focus on, well, what, they, what they're saying versus actually I need to call this out or I need to report this or actually this is not good. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think by nature, I'm definitely non-confrontational. <laughs> I prefer to avoid confrontation at all costs. Um, and I think that's because in most parts of your life, you're kind of rewarded for harmony. Like, right, you, you, you want to create like a harmonizing situation in your family, with your friends. If like your children are not performing well at school or one of them, you don't kick them out, <laughs> you know, whereas work, it's, it's different, right? You sometimes do have to ask people to leave um, and you're really focused on productivity as opposed to harmony. And so I, I really had to kind of clue into that. And that, by the way, is still an ongoing journey um, because I am a, a, a recovering people pleaser, I like to, <laughs> I like to put it, um, but, but remembering the objective of you know, why I am in the workplace in the first place. Right? What, what, what are my objectives was very important. Yeah, it sounds like that focus really helped you keep the eye on the prize, so to speak. It did. And, and there were a lot of early wins that I, I had with my team and with the entire newsroom. And those, I really, I knew that I had to make those the focal point of the conversation. Um, so here is where we're succeeding. We tried this thing and look what it did, right? You can do more of this. We can do more of this. Look how Look at the things we create when we work together. Um, so I'm really proud of the work that we did. Um, and also just, yeah, that just shifting the focus oftentimes to the work and the impact of the work, um, I also found helpful. Do you ever feel tired? All the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it also didn't help that my commute was really long <laughs> at, uh, to the office, but it, it was exhausting um, at times to to keep going. Um, I remember a particular moment, I think it was a meeting among senior managers and a comment was made to me um, by one senior manager or from one senior manager that um, I should really just sit down, that what I was doing wasn't important um, because it wasn't revenue generating. So this was early in the journey and it wasn't revenue generating, but that's, you know, that moment was extraordinarily demoralizing. Um, one that I, I don't think I'll ever forget, <laughs> but, uh, and just like persevering through moments like that. Um, I think I could only do it because I'm a storyteller. <laughs> so I think often about the story I want to tell at the end of the day about the work that I did and, and how I left a place, etc. Um, but yeah, I, I think definitely the exhaustion came from handling handling days like that you were not feeling supported by your senior managers that's that's huge yeah it is huge i mean there were definitely days where um i i had a lot of champions in the room um you know but unfortunately the ones you tend to remember <laughs> the ones that kind of almost break you you know so where does your resilience come from and this optimism that you share as well it's amazing yeah i so, like I said, stories um, really matter in my life. Um, they actually have this incredible way of keeping me going 
they just keep I just keep showing up because I want the story to be a good one. And most of the time I've been pretty lucky in that sense that it's 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 worked out well. Um I think definitely I get that from probably my mother. Um she's 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 definitely a fighter. She's she just she just keeps going. She never um settles. So I, I get that from her. But I yeah, I, I'm fortunate enough to be in this profession, in this industry where stories matter. And I, I just channel that to my advantage. That's wonderful. So, I mean, you talked about some of the things that it, it, it gave you, you know, these challenges helped to also form your leadership style. Tell us a little bit more about um, the things that the lessons that you learned and then why then you decided to move on as well. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I learned was how the value of relationships. So I got the job by virtue of just, you know, I had I created a product many years ago, a newsletter for women in the city, and it got the attention of one of the one of the senior managers. And we just we started talking and, and essentially I said I could create similar products for you. Here's what I can do. You've seen what I can do. Um, you know, we could do this at scale together. And so that 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 um opportunity, that ability to use relationships to get your foot in the door was very life-changing for me and it's, it's carried on through, throughout my life. Um, so grateful for that relationship in particular and, and what it did for my career. Um, and then I think running a media business is really difficult and I was really lucky to have very, very close conversations um, with, you know, with, with the publisher of Business Day and just to understand what it's taken to run this organization for 20 years. Um, and few people get that opportunity up front um, or up close. And um, I think for me, in my, in my dreams of, of what I'll be doing in the next few years, I remember everything he said. Um, I, I remember everything he said. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot more, but I think those, those two are one of the biggest. Are you able to share a few words of wisdom? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one was very vague, but intentionally so. So I remember he told me that we were talking about, you know, what it means to create high quality content. And he, he told me that after a few decades in this business, he's also learned that it's a bit more than that. Um, and he left it intentionally vague because obviously I was privy to all the conversations, commercially, commercial conversations around what it takes to, to keep the engine going and actually have the the revenue to actually create high quality content. Um, and so just seeing that dynamic, um, learning that dynamic from him, um, how much time he spent, you know, being being the the front facing part of the business and, and making sure that the engines were running. Um, yeah, it was just such a treasure for me. And so what made you want to move on from business day? Yeah, great question. I think for me, it was, I was really drawn by the opportunity to start from scratch, at least almost from scratch. Um, so Stairs at that point in time was really just about to professionalize its newsroom. So previously it had, it was, you know, a volunteer group of writers. Um, and so they had just raised funding um, to really give it, give this thing a go. So I saw it as an opportunity to really shape um, an organization in a way that I hadn't, you know, I, I hadn't, I had just limited opportunity in business day. I mean, of course, I think I, I had some impact, but um, yeah, it was just that opportunity for impact for me. 
Wonderful. And I'm thinking about your authenticity journey. Where does it fit in to that and, and where you go next? Hmm. Where does it fit in? Um, that, that's, that's such a good question. So I think for me, it was, I, I'm, I'm just extremely proud of the work that we do at Stairs. Um, and the, I had the opportunity to really shape what that product should look like. Um, uh, more from like at least the the experience of of using the product and and the actual content itself, um, and so being able to live out that truth, I guess like this is what I think high quality content should look like. That was expressive for me, um, and that's sort of how it fits into my authenticity journey. And I also think I've I've always struggled with you know. I love the newsroom. I love the energy of the newsroom. I'm not I'm not a journalist by training, um, but I I love to I, to enable really great content. And so I think stairs also was an important part of really letting me see what my what my role is in media in the media landscape. Um, so you know, I see it now sort of either like media management or, or at least some kind of enabling <laughs> enabling function. And I'm just thinking, what would you say to a young Nigerian woman who wants to join a newsroom, probably at the age that perhaps you did? What advice would you give her? Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's it's going to be a journey. Um, extremely rewarding, but sometimes very tough as well. Um, I would say, like, just keep showing up, you know, because people there ultimately, I've, I've found that we all want the same things in terms of the success of the organization, the reach of the work that we do, the impact of the work that we do, and finding a way to, to, to meet people um, sort of eye to eye to understand what they care about. It's a real leadership journey. Um, but one that will, I think, if you can cult you can cultivate those skills in the newsroom more than I think anywhere else. Um, just that ability to understand where people want to go and what your role is in helping them get there, um, I think is very valuable for the rest of your life. Brilliant. Yvette, you're a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much, Rama. My pleasure. Yvette's approach to the discrimination she faced is thought-provoking. It is possible to see how those personal attacks she endured could have come from a place of fear. And equally, that could be a generous conclusion to make. Regardless, in not internalizing what others said or did, and in not giving them much headspace, Yvette demonstrates how she stayed true to herself her message and got the job done. We have more inspiring stories to share with you as a part of this authentic leadership series. To catch up, head to Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you don't want to miss any news from the Reuters Institute, you can also sign up to our weekly newsletter from our homepage or Twitter bio. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>